You know, there's something that's said often in churches or in congregations that it's often prayed before the service that we pray that people come and don't leave in the same way they came. We pray that when you come to a service that there's an impartation of something from Adonai, from our Father in Heaven, that's eternal, that stays with you, that sticks with you, that changes you. And in that way, you're never the same. Even if you feel the same, you're never the same. Because when God throws seed at you, it lands in its soil. God knows how to do it. He knows he's got good aim with his throwing of seed. You know, scattering of seed almost has a, uh, it has a connotation of it being random. You know, you kind of throw it and let it land. That's not the way it is with the Lord. When he throws out seed, it's precise. It's precise. It may appear random, but it's precise. And I pray today that not only do you leave here today with something from the Lord, I pray that you leave here today with something that's with something with a, with a mindset and exercise that will change your life from this day on. And I don't just mean that in a, in a generic sense, I mean it legitimately. Today I'm going to be talking about something which I do pray will change your life from this day forward because it changed mine. So this message is called Repent, Remove. So how many people here, I know this is personal, if you don't want to raise your hand then you don't have to. But how many people here deal with depression? And when I say depression, I don't just mean being sad. Because we all get sad. Sad things happen. And I don't mean mourning. Because we all mourn. We all suffer loss. And we all can go through a time of mourning. When I mean depression, I mean something a little more chronic. Something that you just can't kick in your own strength. Something that you know is just not quite right. It's not living up to the standard that God lays out for us, but I just can't shake it. How many folks deal with a worry or anxiety or fear that's more than just, I have an exam coming up, so I'm nervous about it, because that's natural, but a worry and anxiety, fear that's there inside of you, even when things are calm, even when things seem to be calm. It's just something you can't shake, and you've tried to shake it, but it's just something that you just can't, you can't get rid of. You've prayed about it. You've sought the Lord, and it's still there. How many deal with feelings of self-worthlessness or unloving spirits? And as many times as you hear from messages, from rabbis, from pastors, from worship leaders, how much God loves you, you still feel that you are unworthy, that you still feel that there's no way God can love you because you're such a bad person and you're such a sinner and you're such a disgrace and you're, all these, these negative feelings and no matter how much truth is showered over you and how much you read the scripture, you just can't get over these feelings. How many of you struggle with any level of addiction and what I mean by that, is there anything in the natural that grips you more than you grip it? Anything in the natural, a behavior, a habit. It doesn't have to be cocaine. It could be caffeine. It could, doesn't have to be a controlled substance. It could be cane sugar. Is there anything in the natural where 
as much as you try, the things just got more of a grip on you than you got of it. Is anybody here that relates to any of these things, that any of the things that I just shared, is there anyone here that has sought prayer over any of these things? Is there, nobody has sought prayer? Has anybody sought prayer over any of these things, the things inside you that are, I'm talking about chronic. I'm not talking temporary, I'm talking chronic. I'm talking things that just, it almost feels like it's, that's just me. I'm, I'm a warrior. I'm a controlling person, there's nothing I could do about it. I'm fearful, there's nothing I could do about it. Does anybody deal with anger? Just like an anger, like you're just angry. You can't figure it out. And you know you shouldn't be this way, but you just have this little bit of, this little root of rage within you and you can't get rid of it. What about jealousy? Does anybody here just have this jealous streak or like you just want to be that other person or you want the blessing that other person has and you can't stop looking at other people and you come out less than other people? Have you sought prayer for any of these things? I saw a bunch of hands that go up, yes. Now, okay, for those that have sought prayer, I want the, for, for those that have sought prayer for these things, I want you to raise your hand again. For those who have sought prayer for anything within you that is more chronic, for those that have sought prayer, keep it up, for those that have sought prayer, how many of you have, and I want honesty, how many of you have repented for these things, have actually repented before the Lord for depression or anxiety? Because the repentance is normally associated with sinful behavior, okay? How many people have sought de demonic deliverance from these things? couple of hands went down also. Susie and I, we have went to, uh, and we've spoken about this before, we've went to a ministry years past, which really speaks about repentance and removal. Essentially, what you, when you go down there for a week, what essentially you'll get is it's a healing ministry. And what you'll get down there is a teaching on, let's say, fear. After they teach you about fear... They will have you repent for being fearful, and then they will remove a demonic alignment to fear that you might have. And once that's done, you'll take a break, and they'll move on to the next one, jealousy. They'll give you a little teaching about jealousy. They'll have you repent of being aligned with the spirit of jealousy, and then they will remove any demonic alignment with your jealousy. And then they'll move on to the next one. And it's a week-long thing. And it was life-changing for Susie, and it was life-changing for me. They, it is a healing ministry, and when Susie went down there, it had something pertaining to physical healing. I went down there, it had nothing to do with physical healing. It was for emotional healing. But the concepts that they brought forth changed my life. And I wanted to change yours also. I want you to come out of today with a mindset and a new weapon in your arsenal, even your personal arsenal or your corporate arsenal that maybe you have not used this weapon before. I want you to use it because it's yours to have. It's your inheritance. So why repent over something that's not an overt sin, like depression, like a chronic depression? Like, why repent over these things? Because even though they're not overt sins, they're not aligned. They're not aligned, and you know that. And those that are dealing with chronic issues, 
habitual issues, things that you just can't shake no matter how much prayer you go for, you know there's something within you that's just not aligned with God's truth. You just know there's something that's, that's off kilter, that's not aligned. I shouldn't be this way. I shouldn't be fearful this way. I shouldn't be this jealous or anger. I shouldn't angry. I shouldn't be this worried. I, I shouldn't be able to not say no to this, this thing. People that struggle with pornography know this. Like it, I, I shouldn't be so drawn to it, but I can't stop. People that struggle with pornography knows that there's something, there's something there that's just not aligned. There's something there that's off. So yes, even though, of course, we repent over issues of sin when we do physical sins, but you know what? God cares about our thought processes also. Do you know that the 10th commandment is don't covet? And that's a thought process. Don't covet your neighbor's stuff. That has to do with thought. It has nothing to do with actions. It's one of the Ten Commandments. So the things of our head, in our head, our anxieties, our worries, we can repent over these things. And when we repent, there's power in it. I want you to know this. There's power in the repentance. Because when we repent, it blocks and it eliminates I want you to hear this. I know not everybody's comfortable with this topic, but I'm going to go through it with gentleness and with truth. When you repent, it breaks Satan's legal right to mess with you, to torment you. When you repent, when you sincerely repent, now, the challenge with some of the things that we deal with, the chronic issues, especially the ones that we're dealing with some sort of substance, there's a part of us that doesn't want to get rid of it. I want you to hear this. In Hebrew, the word for repentance is teshuva. It means not just to say, I'm sorry. You know, there's a song from Chicago. It's hard for me to say, I'm sorry. In the spirit, it's actually easy to say, I'm sorry. What's harder to do is to do teshuva, to renounce something, to stop the behavior. That's what's hard. And I really want you to think and meditate on what I'm saying. Because there are people that even though they want to get rid of their behavior, there's something inside of them that says, I don't want to get rid of it. This thing is my friend. Okay? For you who may deal with issues of control, being a controlling person, you're like, I shouldn't be this controlling. I know I shouldn't be this controlling. But then there's something in you that says, you know what? If I give up control, my life's going to go sideways, so I must be controlling. I'm not going to get rid of it. There are some people that are depressed, and their depression has become their friend. Arise, O Lord, and let your enemies be scattered. He will scatter your enemies. He won't scatter your friends. And if your worry has become self-serving in some way, it's some part of your identity where you don't want to fully get rid of it, you need to pray about that. You need to seek the Lord about that. You need to get to a place when you're just done with it. When you're done with it. When you're done with feeling this way and you're ready to move on then go to the Lord and repent because then you're ready 
to renounce it. People that struggle with substance, with anything, you know? Don't tell me I got to repent and renounce my caffeine. I don't want to get rid of that. Don't tell me I got to repent and renounce of my... Whatever it is, whatever it is in the natural, it's got a grip on you that you don't have a grip of. No matter how much you try, like, I don't want to keep doing this, but I keep going back to it. If there's something in you that gives you some benefits, you need to pray if you are in that place where this thing is giving you some benefit. Like, I really don't. It's a part of me. I want to get rid of it, but a part of me doesn't want to get rid of it. If you're in that place, you need to pray about that. You need to pray about getting to a place where you're so through with your behavior. You're so through with the worry. You're so through with the addictive behaviors of the, you know, where this thing has got a grip on you. You're so through with feeling so miserable about yourself. You're so through with feeling so, so downcast and depressed. You're so through with feeling anger or rage or unloving or jealous. You got to be done with it. If you are done with it, really done with it, then this message is for you. If you're not yet done with it, please get right before the Father and say, Adonai, I want to be done with it. But there's still something in me that gets a little benefit from that. And I want you to meditate on this because a lot of people get benefit from their pain. Like, I'm not getting rid of it. My pain is what links me to my trauma. If I get rid of my pain, I lose my connection to my trauma, and then I won't be my identity. I won't be who I am. There are people that get benefit from their pain. You must want to be rid of it. And if you get, want to get rid of it, you can repent of it. And when you repent, Satan loses his legal right to torment you in that area. Let me explain what happens when we are misaligned in any capacity in our life, whether it's an issue of sin or whether it's an issue of thought. Remember, one of the Ten Commandments is don't covet. It's a thought issue. When we perpetually do these things, Satan goes into his, the throne room of God and says, look at your son, look at your daughter. I have a legal right. They're not living up to your laws because God is ultimately a God of law and order. And he says, your son or your daughter is not living up to this I have a right to torment. And in a lot of cases, God will say, get away, Satan. You have no right to my son and my daughter. Get away. And Satan can do nothing. That's God's grace. That's his grace. But sometimes God will allow it, and Satan will release one of his little minions or little, his little demons to align with your misaligned thoughts. And people struggle with this. Don't tell me that I'm demonic. People struggle with this. They are offended by the, topic, by the topic. I can tell you right now in some of the struggles that I've dealt with, even in recent years, I tell you right now there was a demonic element. Guaranteed. I tell you this as your rabbi. I tell you this as a shepherd. I tell you this as somebody who loves you. I tell you this as somebody who is in charge of your souls while you're here. I would not want to speak a mistruth to you. This is truth. This is theological truth that there could be a demonic counterpart to your depression. They're linked. But when you repent, that legal right is gone. When you truly repent and you really want it to be done, the legal right is gone. The challenge, though, with demons, I've said it before, spirits are sticky. Sticky spirits. 
they like to stick around longer than they should. This is when they need to be removed. Now, for those that struggle with the concept of demons affecting believers, I just want to center you in certain parts of Scripture. These are the words of Yeshua. He went, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan has demanded to sift you like wheat. This is exactly what I just said. Satan's up in the throne room asking for permission to mess with Peter. It's exactly what I said. Peter was a believer. He was a believer. Don't say you can't be a believer and not have a satanic or demonic influence in your life. Apparently you can, according to our Lord, Yeshua. Let's go to Paul, the Apostle Paul. Be angry and yet do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger. And do not give the devil an opportunity. Notice he uses it in the same sentence. He's not talking about willful sin like adultery or murder or something. He's talking about anger. Don't give the devil an opportunity. Why would the Apostle Paul say don't give the devil an opportunity? Obviously, the devil's around and he's looking for an opportunity to mess with you. He's talking to believers. Peter, be of sober spirit, be on alert. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. Peter's talking to believers. James, submit therefore to God, but resist the devil and he will flee. Why do we have to resist the devil? If the devil doesn't have any impact in the lives of believers, why would, why would James say to believers, resist the devil? So here we have a pretty good cloud of witness. We have Yeshua himself. And three apostles, Paul, Peter, James, all agreeing that the demonic can have influence over the life of the believer. So repent of these things. I'm speaking today not about overt sin. Of course, if you're in overt sin, repent. I'm talking about misaligned behaviors, thought behaviors, things like that. Repent of it. And then remove it. Now, why do we need to remove it? Now, I'll just say, not every ailment we deal with has a demonic element. But it can. But it can. And people get upset. People get upset, especially in the areas of, like, mental illness. Don't tell me my son has a demon. We get that. Don't tell me that I'm demonic. I'm right before the Lord, but I have a, 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 a health issue that I've had since birth. Awesome. That's fine. Not everything is, is demonic. I don't know what is and what isn't sometimes, but if you discount, and I want you to hear this, if you discount the possibility of a demonic torment that's linked up with your dysfunction, if you just discount the demonic, you're being scripturally, short, scripturally and spiritually short-sighted and theologically inaccurate. If you just discount the demonic, you're being spiritually short-sighted and theologically inaccurate. So be open to the reality that your chronic ailments do have a demonic element to it. If you have a behavior or a thought process that you just can't stop doing, no matter how hard you try, a habit that you just can't stop doing, something of the world, something of the flesh that's kind of got you in its grips rather than you gripping it, no matter how much you try, be open to there being a demonic counterpart to this. When the demon is removed, your wound 
your internal wound, whatever's causing this thing, can heal. Now, we are wounded. We are depressed because of a wound. You know, sometimes we experience a trauma or sometimes something, there's some sort of something that happens. It could have been something in your generational line, something that happened to your dad or your mom or your grandparents. Something happened where there is a wound, and the wound causes this thought process, this depression or worry or whatever it is, and then Satan has a ha 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 ha, and he sends out his, 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 his demon, and now your worry is kind of in an unholy matrimony with this demon. They're feeding off each other. They feed off each other. But when the demon is removed, now the wound can heal. It's very hard to heal your internal wounds if there's a demonic influence there. The analogy I, ha I have, which Susie as a nurse said, it's just okay, but not great, but I'll use it anyway, is if you have a wound, it needs to heal. Let's say a regular, like a, a wound, a flesh wound or something. It needs to heal, but it can get infected. There could be outside influence, bacteria or fungus or something like that that gets in there. And when there's a bacteria infection in your wound, it's very hard to heal an unclean wound. It's very hard to heal a wound that has bacteria in it. But if you remove the bacteria, if you're able to kill the bacteria, and cleanse the wound, it doesn't mean the wound just goes away. The wound now can heal. And I have found personally, and I tell you this as a shepherd that loves you, I have found that when I personally repent and remove, when I do the removal, at that moment, God speaks truth over my wound that I could not hear before. I could not hear his truth until I removed the demonic element of it. Now my wound is ready for cleansing and God is faithful and he'll speak truth that you may not have heard before. You're like, oh, now I see the situation and it'll change your life. I want you to take this home. And the exchange of the lie that you believed with God's truth now can occur. It's very hard to experience that with the demonic influence, with the demonic holy matrimony, with your brokenness. When you remove the demonic, the wound is, clean, is cleansed and God can speak truth into you and you'll receive it. So people have a resistance to the demonic, right? Resistance number one is they say that believers can't be possessed. Believers can't be possessed by the devil. We have the Holy Spirit. We can't be possessed. So listen, don't get caught up in how this whole thing operates in spirit. Your spirit person, we don't understand exactly how this works. Let me explain this way. Here's my person, right? My whole being. Let's say... This is my depression, okay? Let's say this is my depression. Does it really, and let's say, let's say this is a demon. Depression, demon. Does it really matter if the demon is in here or outside just poking at it? At the end of the day, it doesn't matter. The 
truth is there's demonic influence and we need to be receptive of that spiritual reality. So don't get caught up in the possession like it's inside versus oppression like you're sitting on your shoulder. Who knows where that is? But don't get caught up in that. It's, it's not as relevant of the fact that a demon could be linked up with your brokenness. Okay? Does that make sense? Number two, people take offense at being told there is a demon. Like I said, there are some people that are like, my, my child is mentally ill, and don't you, tell, don't, don't, don't you tell me that they're demon-possessed. Don't even tell me. Don't tell me. So what happens is, you know, there's the, the pendulum swings this way. And the reason this has happened, I think I have something, is because a lot of deliverance ministers lack empathy. Because they will look at somebody with mental illness as a subject and, and broad brush them, you're demonic. You're a demoniac. And that has turned off a lot of people. Because you can't just broad brush people and you can't lack empathy if, you are a min- if you're ministering to somebody. You have to understand their heart and really love them and, and, and want to heal them deep in their heart. Because we have wounds and we're wounded. And some deliverance ministers just don't have that. And they just do the deliverance and they move on. And people have been turned off by that. And they're also turned off by a lot of the bravado when it comes to deliverance ministry, right? Because now, because when deliverance ministers naturally are in a, a posture of battle. And that's fine. But because of that, there's a lot of, you know, I cast you out, you know, and people just get a little spooked by that. It doesn't mean you shouldn't be that way. But, you know, or you shouldn't be in a, a battle stance if you are a minister in this way. But it does spook people. Um, but these are some of the reasons why people are, they don't want to deal with the demonic aspect of it. But I tell you right now, if you're not dealing with it, then you, there's a chance that you are missing out on the fullness of your healing. This is not an insult. People take it as an insult that there there's could be demonic activity. It's not an insult. It's just the way the spirit works. It's just the way it works for you and for me. I have done this. This repent to remove is part of my walk and will be for the rest of my life, God willing. And I want it to be yours. I want it to be in your arsenal. I want you to move past God help me to repent and remove. Okay? It's true. It's spiritual reality. So who does the removal? So there's three options. Number one, we see this example in scripture in Zechariah where the Lord himself rebuked Satan and the Lord did the work himself. This is when that we don't need to do anything. Like let's say we repent or let's say Satan lost his right or let's say God just cast him out himself. The Lord rebuke you Satan, right? God does everything and you're free. It doesn't always work that way. So I will say if you are too weak to do this yourself, if you are too weak to cast out a demon yourself, go to somebody else. Why do you go, for other, go to other people for prayer? It's not like one person's more powerful than you in prayer. You can pray for yourself. But why do you go to other people? Because you know you're dealing with something where you just need some help. So it's also okay to go to another trusted, mature believer to say, I'm dealing with this, and can you, just, can you cast out this thing? Because I'm too weak to do it. But remember to repent. Remember to repent first. And can you remove it yourself? Yes, you absolutely can remove it yourself. You can. If you repent truly before the Lord, 
and you're really ready to let this thing go. And I'll say it again. I want you to meditate on this. For those that are dealing with whatever it is, is there some benefit you're getting from it and you really don't want to get rid of it? If you're in that place, be honest about it before the Lord and receive prayer for that because you have to want this thing out. But I, myself, with nobody there, have done this, have repented of my messed up thought life or whatever it is that I was doing, and I renounced it, and I cast the devil out. And immediately, I felt like I was floating. I was crying, and God flooded me with truth that I did not know just prior, that I did not know just prior, that stuck with me. Does it mean that the wound is all gone? No. Not in all cases. Sometimes we need some deep healing. Sometimes we need some deep healing. But with the repentance and with the demonic element gone, the wound is ready for healing. It's a clean wound, and it can heal a lot easier. So these, and I want you to make it a recurring part of your walk with the Lord. People are like, well, how many times do I have to go for deliverance? As many times as needed. That's all. As many times as needed. Are you still struggling with depression? Do this. Don't discount it. Are you still struggling with anxiety? Do it. If there's something in your life that you just can't shake, and that might happen across until you die, be open to the fact that it's not just your brokenness, that your brokenness has interwoven with, with a demon also, and go through this process of the repenting and the removal. Seek help if needed. But you have power over, over demons. You do. But you got to want it. That's a prerequisite. So this is what I learned. This makes it easy to remember. I will give you this if you want. Um, this is how I learned it, and it's just an easy way to remember these things. This is a process I go through regularly. I'm telling you, it's good. It works. Take it home. Make this a part of your walk with the Lord. If there's something in you, just needs to go. Here are the R's. First is recognize it. Just recognize that you're having this. Say, like, I am, it's almost like the step one of the, of the 12 step. Like, recognize, like, I'm, I'm a worrywart and I can't stop. I hate myself and I can't stop hating myself. I feel like the Lord doesn't love me and I'm going to hell even though I love him. And I can't stop feeling this way. Just recognize that you have this issue. Recognize there's something there that's got a grip on you. Recognize, like, I can't stop going after that substance. Whatever it is. Whatever it is. Behavior. I just can't stop. I want to stop. I just can't. I, I can't. I can stop for a week, but I go right back to it. Recognize that you have this. Recognize it. That's number one. Acknowledge it. Number two, take responsibility for it. It's not your mom's fault or your dad's fault or your trauma's fault. That might have been the inroad for this thing to happen, but ultimately you have to say, this is on me. You have to take responsibility. Don't blame the trauma. Yes, the trauma was, was caught, may have caused it, but now it's yours. But now your pain is yours. What are you going to do about it? You can't blame that forever. You have to take responsibility for this. You can't blame your upbringing or whatever it is or the pain that, that you've experienced. And I don't want to diminish that. But ultimately, it's, this thing is yours. It's yours. God gave it to you. 
in a way. Now it's yours to deal with. So take responsibility. Stop blaming other people. Stop blaming society. Stop blaming the government. Stop blaming your ancestors, whatever it is, or whatever that horrible thing you went through. Take responsibility for your, for your reactions. Number three, repent, as I spoke about, which is essentially saying, God, I acknowledge this, I take responsibility for it, and I, re I repent, I repent, I repent, I repent, I repent, I repent. I don't want it anymore. But it's not just saying I'm sorry, it's renouncing. Because if you just repent and don't renounce, renounce means you are ready to turn away. That's what Jewish teshuva is. It's turning the other way. If you're not ready to do it, your, your deliverance may be impartial. You have to be ready. It's repent and renounce. It's I'm sorry and I am ready to put this thing behind me and throw this thing into the pit of hell forever. You got to be in that place. If you don't want to get rid of it, and I like my coffee a little too much. Don't you cast out my caffeine addiction on me. I like it too much. Well, then you're not going to get rid of it. Don't cast out, I want to get rid of porn, but I get too much value of it. If you're not ready to do it, humble yourself before the Lord. Repent, renounce, and then remove. It doesn't have to be grandiose. In the name of Yeshua, demon that is linked up with my depression, I bind you up, I break your power, and I cast you out. In the name of Yeshua. And I cast you out of my generational line. Because don't forget, some of these things are generational. And God heals to a thousand generations. Let that start with you. I bind you up. I break your power. I cast you out. In the name of Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus the Messiah, I cast you out of my generational line. In the name of Yeshua. Once that's done, quiet yourself and receive what God says. I have found, like I said, that once that process is done, God talks to you. And you're going to hear things from God that you haven't heard before because the blockage is now removed. And now the process of healing can truly begin. It doesn't mean the wound is gone. It means the wound is clean and can receive healing. May the wound be gone all of a sudden. May it be immediate because he can do that. But sometimes it means that the wound is now clean, cleansed. So you can do it. So we can be healed. So receive, rejoice, praise the Lord, and repeat as needed. As Susie says, rinse and repeat. Susie, would you mind coming up and just playing a little music? How often do you have to repeat this? As often as needed. I used to struggle with, like, how many times are you going to go for deliverance? I know I've needed it multiple times in my life and may continue to moving forward. If there's something in your life, a behavior that you cannot shake, don't be spiritually short-sighted and say there cannot be a demonic element to this. Repent and remove. Understood? So I'm going to keep this up. So I'm going to ask Susie to just play just a meditative song to kind of get us in the right spirit. 
Father, we just lift this up to you, Adonai. We lift this up, Adonai, for healing. We lift this up for healing, Father. You are our healer. You are a healer. You are a healer. Adonai, you are a healer. Holy one, holy one, holy one. Holy one, holy one, holy one, holy one. Holy one. These are the moments where if you feel like you're starting to get too hungry to stay at service, this is the time to stay. Let's just prepare our hearts right now. Thank you, Father. Paul, would you turn on Susie's mic, please?
wash over me. Command my soul, awake, arise. Use each breath to prophesy. I will prophesy. You saved, healed, delivered me. Yeshua's blood, wash over me. Command my soul, awake, arise. Use each breath to prophesy. I will prophesy. You saved, healed, delivered me. Yeshua's blood, wash over me. Command my soul, awake, arise. Use each breath to prophesy. I will prophesy. Sound mind for the spirit of fear. Sound mind so that I can see clearly. Sound mind, your spirit is here. Sound Father, we come before you right now, Adonai, for your healing. I want everybody here to just speak it. This is our inheritance. This is our inheritance. Sound mind. This is our inheritance. This is our inheritance. This is our inheritance. Sound mine, sound mine. This is our inheritance. This is our inheritance. This is our inheritance. everybody here to just speak out just softly under your breath. You don't need to do it loud unless you want to, but you can speak it under your breath. That area, that behavior, that addiction, that thought process that you've been thinking about since I've been speaking. Your fear, your worry, your self-hatred, your anxieties, your jealousy, your rage, your depression. I want you to speak it out even softly. And I want you to repeat even softly after me. 
Father, I recognize that I have aligned with the spirit of, you can fill in that blank, depression, anxiety, unloving. I recognize it within me. I recognize that it's something that I cannot shake. I recognize it that it's something that I've tried and have brought before you, but it's still there. And Father, I take responsibility for this right now. Feel free to repeat after me softly. I take responsibility for this. In this moment, I don't blame my pain. In this moment, I don't blame my trauma. In this moment, I don't blame my upbringing. And in this moment, I don't blame my environment. This is something that I have to address. So I take responsibility for this right now. In the name of Yeshua, I repent before you of my say it my addiction my depression I repent before you father I repent I acknowledge that this is not in line with your word I acknowledge that it's not in line with your truth and if it's not in line with your truth then I don't want it come before you today, right now, Lord, in a posture of repentance. And I renounce this behavior. I speak against this behavior. I am ready today to be done with it for good. I am ready to have this behind me as far as the east is from the west. I am ready for this to go into the bottom of the sea, not to be picked up again. I'm ready. I don't want it anymore. I'm done with it. In the name of Yeshua, I'm ready for it to be removed. Let me speak this over you. In the name of Yeshua, by the power of the Holy Spirit within me. In the name of the Father, in the name of Yeshua, in the name of Ruach HaKodesh, spirit of depression, spirit of anxiety, spirit of anger, spirit of jealousy, spirit of addiction, spirit of pornography. Spirit of fear. I bind you up right now and I break your power over these vessels and I cast you out right now in the name of Yeshua. I cast you out with repentance you have lost Satan your legal right. You have no right over the son and daughter. So I bind you up. I break your power cast you out. You must leave right now and go to some dry place and stay there. 
Your assignment to torment this vessel is over. In the name of Yeshua, go right now. Go right now. Go right now. Right now. Leave this vessel right now. Go. Go in the name of Yeshua. Be gone. In the name of Yeshua. Be gone. that you speak truth into their pain. I pray that you speak truth into these areas of depression. I pray that you speak truth into the wound, Adonai. I pray that you do a deep healing and a deep cleansing, Adonai, right now. I pray that you do this, Father. Speak your truth, Father. Have them seek you and, and be open to what you have to say right now, Adonai. Right now. Receive your truth. We exchange the lie that we've believed with your truth, Father. And we ask and continue to ask, God, and for you to be, for you to pour out your truth, Lord God. For you to pour out your truth, Lord God, and for us to be willing and open vessels to receive what you have to say, Adonai, in the name of Yeshua. Pour out your truth, Lord God. Pour out your truth. We are ready to receive your truth and exchange this lie. Let's sing it out.
fatherless. The fatherless, they find the rest. They find their rest at the sound of your great name. The sick are healed. The sick are healed and the dead are raised. Come on, come on. Hallelujah. There is power. 